we're up, we're starting. Good morning, comrades, and uh, welcome to the 22nd chapter of the Perthian Chronicles. I'm Ryan Morano, and today we have the legendary writer, actor, and artist, Marara Wangai. Being a graduate in Media and Performance Studies, in 2013, Marara took part in Playwriting Australia's Mentorship Programme. In 2014, he became a member of the Black Swan State Theatre Company's Emerging Writers Group, and in 2016, collaborated with Black Spa Blank Space Productions with their awesome interactive theatrical experience, Edge. Marara is legendary because some of his most recent credits include Price Tag during Summer Nights at the Blue Room Theatre and devising and performing in The Advisors with The Last Great Hunt at the State Theatre Centre this July or August. I'm trying to... Yeah, July, July, August? For um, uh, The Advisors. Uh, the Advisors. Goodness, when was it? Oh, my brain. I want um, to say... August, I was in Kenya. Wait. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it has... Oh, goodness, my July. brain. July, no, no, it, it'd have to be... Uh, let us say June for argument's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and like a few people, I first met Mararo this August whilst participating in an improvisational workshop with Strut Dance, where I spent an hour obsessing how in Kenya, your first name is your grandfather's name and your last name is your father's? Yep. Welcome, Mararo. <laughs> Thank you. I find Thanks that's, for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Who or what currently influences your work? Wow, that's um, where to start, man. It's ah, uh, but first, man, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't take legendary. I can't. It's uh, just. It's. It's too big. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not very I'm not, hum uh, humble and I'm, honorable. Marara is. I'm not anywhere where I want to be as an artist. I'm moving in that direction, but I don't feel that I can put anything. On my, I can't put a hat on that's that big, because it's just I'm not I'm not there yet. But in terms of influences, man, everything and anything. It's beautiful. I'm influenced by the shows that I watch, the shows that I don't watch as well. That just seeing a poster and that's speaking about what a work is intending to put forward, and that challenge of of not seeing myself in the work as a as a minority artist and mm. not seeing my story in it. Well, sometimes it's it's a hard thing to say. Why is it that this that most of the stories that I see are not engaging with the fact that Australia is such a diverse um, country? But it's also a challenge to me as an artist to to want to do that, to want to create rather than point fingers and say, ah, this show isn't doing that. This show is. I just say, all right, it's that's that's what they offered as an artist. They, they have every right to create whatever it, whatever it is that they wish to create. But I should take that energy and use it productively rather than critique and criticize mm. so yeah that that's that's also an influence for me and music is a huge influence i love oh my goodness sorry no that's perfectly fine um as most listeners know many people <laughs> trust this is happened not before oh this has happened before <laughs> i digress no no that's perfectly fine i remember you know what i speaking about see i'm the type of person mm. that I, okay I, like everyone i love control right? yep. and I, I love everything to be organized and thing. But the other day I was thinking, you know what? I actually am now starting to like mistakes. I like when I drop something, <laughs> those things, because yep. it reminds us that we're alive. Mm, and so fallible as well. But that reminds me, I remember I was interviewing Helly Turner mm. and I remember uh, her phone started ringing yep. during the middle of the interview. <laughs> And she was like, "Oh, Ryan, I'm so, I'm so bloody sorry. Uh, sorry, I have to get this. It's, it's most likely going to be my 91-year-old mother who's, what? who's sick." Wow. And it's like, "Oh, go, Helen, go, yes. go." Just, um, but no, that's perfectly fine. Wow. And I find with this format, I think it's really good. Like with these, all these podcasts, mm. I think it's really important to like. I love the sound of ambience, mm. and I like mistakes, and I like mm. when things phones go off, and mm. I just. It's real. It's raw. It's it, yeah. You, it's a piece of someone's life. That that phone call is another thing that's going on in my life. It's not. I don't know. Like surely these conversations should be about revealing a, a, an aspect of someone, you know, and just 
what's going on in their world and this phone call is what's going on in my world. <laughs> this ambience is what's going on you know you, you came in and you found me cleaning up and just trying to get kids things all over out of the way and, and that's you know that's yeah. that's my life why do you write um that's wow that's why do i write I know it's one of those, it's, it's one of those big, heavy, <laughs> but this is, I've got mm. a lot of big, heavy questions. Well, I think, I really think that I do it because I'm trying to understand myself. In fact, it was so, we did, we did a workshop, uh, Playwriting Australia is running um, a masterclass workshop for, for WA writers. And Kate Malvani was running one with us on um, last weekend, or the weekend that just passed. And... It became. It was so clear to me during that session, what themes it is that I've all that every one of my works engages with, and it's to do with self hate and privilege. It became so clear that, as a writer, as a as an artist, these are things that I'm struggling with. Within myself, that the idea of what does it mean to be Kenyan? What does it mean to be black? What does it mean to be an African? What does that then mean? to be all those things away from from my home as well mm. and to be in a country where I'm very conscious of my skin I'm very like I'm reminded when I'm when when I'm walking past a mirror oh you're not white you know that there's moments where I'm very comfortable and I'm feeling that I'm yeah. that I'm part of it all and then I walk past a mirror like oh by the way like you're different as well <laughs> you know and yeah. it's just I feel that as a writer that's something that I'm always struggling to deal with what yeah, is it yeah, who am I and why am I and and yeah, how how is it that I can reach across all these other worlds and stories and and cultures and and ideas that yeah that are just out there. Yeah, I think I really I write to understand myself yeah. and and to figure my world out and to figure my history out and I feel there's no one answer and each project that I finish in in many ways opens another door, another door full of questions that you know that i have to engage with you know like colonialism of kenya the tribalism of kenya the you know the the idea of of how eurocentric we are sometimes how mm. how americanized we are sometimes as a as a as a society and yeah and and why why are we these things why is it that i you know that i dress a certain way that i yeah. associate myself with with things that are i don't know that are not kenyan and and it just and it's it's so beautiful to try and, and pick that up because I mean when we're no man's an island you know no no person is a is a thing by itself we're living in a world that has to in, has to engage with with things beyond ourselves and yeah um it's not yeah there's no there's no one answer man <laughs> okay, have you travelled much uh yeah I've been um I was quite blessed or I suppose I am quite still blessed to have parents that really their their business required them to be traveling and moving around and they really took me and my sister along to quite a few countries and yeah and it, and it, it's so important to be able to that same thing of yeah. seeing beyond beyond yourself you know like being in Greece being in um in the UK being in Ireland um Bahrain Dubai well, South Africa, Uganda, and, and even here, coming here, it's just, yeah. I'm so aware of how different we are as humans and how, yeah, and how similar we are as well. This is not a rude question. Yep. Why do I always preface everything as just going to be a rude <laughs> question or, uh, you because know, um, how long have you been in this, because I was trying to do mm. my research, have you been here since, I'm wrong, not 2013, you've been here much longer. 2007. 2007? So 10 years. This Living year here. is my 10th year. Mm. So you've made home. This is your home for ten years. Yeah, it has been. Ah, uh, but I really struggle with the word home because I feel <laughs> oh. it's something that's so. I'm still not sure of what what it means to me yet because I don't I don't I don't feel settled enough sometimes. And even saying that doesn't mean that I have anything against Australia. Hmm. It's just it's difficult to be away from, you know, from from a place where you can see yourself. You know that in Kenya, I'm just. I don't. I, I'm not conscious of myself when I'm yeah. in Kenya. I'm not conscious of of walking into a room and saying, "Oh, that um, like who else is here? Which other which other uh, dark skinned person is in this room that I can associate with? You know, like can I make eye contact with someone? Oh, we're both here. All right, thumbs up. <laughs> you know, we'll be fine. 
you know but yeah and it's a it's a beautiful challenge and having kids here as well that yeah. makes me want to call it home because i want it to be their home and i want them to feel settled and and a part of this society but also want them to be conscious of the fact that kenya is also their yeah, you know their yeah. their home and their place as well and yeah and, and i i can't i can't really speak for them because i don't know what it's like to be <laughs> to be mixed race yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but I, that's another story in itself yeah absolutely and i i'm not sure if this can be this might be applied to cuz mm. cuz um i'm not sure some people might know like I, i'm from a mixed race yep. um my mother's spanish and my dad's italian mm. um and i've have and it's had this weird effect when i went to spain mm. in 2012 yep. when I was 17 or 18 mm. I had this weird experience because you know when you're growing up with a, a family you um and you, you know your mother's spanish and like and you hear the wonderful mm. the, the, the stories and the family and how it's so and the language as well and the sure. language yeah. and it is so rich and it's like a dreamland mm. you know um but actually physically going there mm. my experience was like a bit like a fish out of water mm. it was like I know you like I know you're my cousin and auntie mm. but and I should feel to be Spanish mm. right but I, I feel it's funny I feel more Australian when I'm away from Australia mm. but when I'm in Australia I don't really feel it's this is my mm. personal yes. thing I don't really feel Australian mm. because you know being from mixed races and I think that's a question I always ask like who am I mm. you know and I think nationality maybe we are getting to a stage where nationality mm. is quite trans and you know it's one day we'll all be citizens of the world mm. you know and, and and even like this this conversation about pal, uh, parliamentarians that are being asked oh, yeah. because of it. <laughs> <laughs> having a passport from another country and it's just it's it's so bewildering that that, that that's an issue that you coming from another place can i don't know can stop you being participating in in the place that you call home you know yeah yeah but like you're saying man even even being spanish and being um italian as well that i don't know it's not it, being australian is not one thing that there's all these elements in it yeah. and maybe that's what the confusion is i don't know or, or the or, or the big question mark for you that it's i don't know it's so easy to say you're australian but then you're like but what about this spanish side yeah, of yeah. me and this italian side of me how how do they fit in 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 australian culture quote unquote because and who defines australian culture as well you know yeah. who has the right to to ever say what an australian should be or shouldn't be absolutely do you think art needs a purpose mm-hmm. i'm i'm not sure if it's because obviously when in you know in terms of you know theater making and what have you there are people who are uh, who really identify with the, the German way of making theater you know the mm. Brechtian you know w- that famous Brechtian quote you know um art is to hold up a mirror to mm. society mm. or um same quote but then people add on art yes art may be a mirror to mm. hold up to society but actually art is the hammer in which mm. the societal mirror must be smashed mm. art must art must mm. break you know and and question mm. the societal norms I agree with all um with both of those sentiments that that art should definitely try and reflect the society that it's coming from but also question it and kind of break it in a way and to challenge it to rethink itself you know mm. but also I love the play in it that that transportation I think the for me as a as an audience member that's that's attending a show I love being taken away mm. I love being taken to some some place that I don't know that I don't understand and to be given a point of view that I that I might not necessarily relate to or I've never really you know I, I've tried to 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 engage with and yeah I, yeah it's it's hard man because how how do you define purpose you know because yeah. you, you can have an intention as an artist I feel but at the end of the day the, the beauty of it is that the audience member is part and parcel of it that you can say this is what I've offered you this is the experience that I was hoping that you would take away from this but the, but at the end of the day that audience does its own thing with it you know how, how how do you explain that someone can go and watch a comedy and leave crying how can you explain that someone can go and watch a drama and leave laughing how can you explain that someone goes and watch watches a political play and leaves you know un, unmoved and and not at all changed in terms of their political um, ideas 
it's just like an audience is something that is its own thing yeah. you know it's not you can hope that they would take a certain message away from your work that yeah. purpose that the reason why you've created something but the beauty is that they may or may not you know that they can do something completely that you didn't expect with it yeah, yeah and and i love theater for that man this is that's that beauty that the audience is speaking to the art as it's being created i think there's something about cinema that you can, you sit back passively as an audience yeah. because regardless of whether you laugh or you cry it won't it won't affect what you're watching they are not conscious of you the artist that you this art that you're watching is behind a screen that was made a year ago several months ago that can't relate to you in terms of what you're doing at this current moment as you're watching it mm-hmm. but theater you're what even you, when you giggle mm-hmm. an idea, uh, um, an actor picks that up you know and is conscious of how it is that you're relating to this thing that they're creating yeah. and it changes them to some degree i i love being on stage and and just trying to <laughs> trying to figure out how the audience is feeling and feeling their energy yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that like i remember in advisors those moments where we're like why are they laughing at this moment <laughs> this is very serious yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but but you have to go with it you know you're yeah. conscious of them and you have to do something when they've given you that offer of of the giggle of of the of their movement of their shuffling of their silence yeah. as well that silence of of an audience that just so engaged and so so um leaning forward towards you you know wanting more and wanting to to be in in that world with you yeah. ah so i've i've completely taken this away no, from no, purpose no 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 no, no 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 this is all yeah <laughs> absolutely moraro was recently a delegate at the australian theatre forum What was an important note that you picked up in that massive forum? Mm, I should probably preface this by saying yeah. that I went there as an independent and one of the statements that I put forward when I put my application to be considered as, as an as an independent um delegate mm-hmm. was that I'm not going please don't consider my application as me going there as an African writer speaking for Africans mm-hmm. because I'm not that mm-hmm. I'm not I do, I'm I'm I, I don't believe that I have any f- there's no flag that I'm going there to to wave or I'm just going like my intention to, was to go there and hear and listen to what artists across Australia are doing what it is uh, how it is that they're engaging with you know with their markets with their audiences and and what it is that's holding them back yeah. and I think the biggest note that I came back with is that they haven't figured it out either <laughs> like honestly those just like I, I think a part of me was a bit naive in in thinking that I'd go there and, and I'd come back with a formula in terms of oh Mararo here you go this is how to to do your work properly and to you know to get your work on stage or on stages and to get yourself employed by 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 companies as a, as an artist I thought that I'd leave there with a formula to do that yeah. but I was so beautifully surprised to find that even they don't quite know what it is and why it is that they're doing what they do because those sad, like there's just so much to be dealt with that one thing that kept coming back and that was really in, in in the in the center of all this there's so many stories that are really that have remained on the fringes that have really not been given space that have not been whether it's queer voices whether it's um indigenous australians that have not really been given a space to speak for themselves and to mm-hmm. speak and and to have their own platform rather than be given a platform you know to to create their work and those just those so much that needed to be said and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of sadness and a lot of fist waving and yeah. it it was beautiful to see that that even as artists we are still yeah we're still so so fragile you know yeah. that we're still so affected and we're still so vulnerable as well you know that yeah it just and, and it, it was heartbreaking and beautiful to see man that all these artists are still figuring themselves out but as i i def- I, I, i definitely left feeling a lot more invigorated to keep mm. doing what i want to do as an artist you know cuz they haven't figured it out so i shouldn't be too hard on myself in terms of why you not you know where it is that you're hoping to be and why have you not achieved the goals that you are hoping to achieve as an artist because it's not there's no formula you know you just keep making offers you keep putting yourself out there you keep pushing yourself as an artist to to create work that's challenging you and challenging your your audience and and you just hope for the best in in many ways because you don't know how it, how that's going to be received and I don't know if that quite answered the yes, question. No. What did you hear about the the ATF? Did you 
Well, but the Humphrey I, as well. I, I, I read, because uh, the Blue Room did a post about it, mm. and it's great because along with you, you had um, Humphrey Bauer, mm. um, Zaneb. Yep. Jay Emanuel. Jay Emanuel. Jeffrey J. Fowler. Jeffrey J. Fowler. Fiona? No, Fiona uh, from, from Performing Lines. No. Uh, um, was Fiona with us? Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah, Fiona was there with us as well. Oh, oh, oh yep. so um, two, two graduates of the BPA course, uh, mm. Mitchell Whelan and Riley Spadaro. Yes, yes. It was an interesting photo because there, I think, was a... Because you all, you all met a bit. Mm. You reconvened at the Blue Room Theatre. Mm. People go via Facebook, um, check out uh, the Blue Room Theatre, go down way back in October. They posted this sort of recap um, discussion at the Blue Room Theatre. And it was, in, it was a wonderful... I like the snapshot with all of you because... You're all artists from all different mm. walks of our life, age ranges. So right, yes. There's, there's a big variety there, mm. and such wonderful, interesting uh, people. But I think, yeah, I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm actually happy mm. to hear that there was some anger mm. at the Australian Theatre Fund. Mm. I like I, the reason why I like anger because I th that's that's going that hopefully they'll create you know compassion and passion. Mm. You know that, that mm. and I'm happy. At least there is some strong emotion. Uh, response, but then I was thinking to myself, I don't ever think, and I think it should net. We should never have that answer of we should. I don't think mm. artists should ever be content or, ha or mm. happy. Like, I think it's it's in a way it's quite good that they are there are angry. They're still mm. they they're, they're chasing that they haven't become complacent and yes. say, oh we know what we're doing we are fine we just just go on on this railway track of you know yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is that we're doing. You're right because. I feel that would stagnate mm. the kind of work that would, would would be created because it's not it's not grappling and it's not kind of figuring itself out as it goes. It's it's content. Yeah. It's like I, I picture someone that's just kind of sitting on a couch that's you know comfortable and just you know. So there's a word that I'm looking for um, when you're when you're confident when you're overconfident. What's oh, no. Well, you said complacent. Um, no, confident. Ah, uh, like when someone is like, like really. Ob not pride. Ob ob obnoxious kind obnoxious, of. Obnoxious. Yeah. Know, okay. Yeah. That's just thinking too much of themselves. Yeah. You know, and I feel that that kind of an artist surely would not really. I don't know. I don't know. But who knows anyway? But I feel I feel that if artists were, were wearing those hats every day, they're not really, I don't challenging themselves to. <laughs> To engage with things beyond what they know, that anger is just—it's so active, mm. you know. It's so—it's kinetic. It's not sitting around and churning things out that you understand and are comfortable with. It's you saying, "What is this? Why is it?" And you know, where is it that I'm hoping to take it? And and even artists to be angry at one another as well, you know. There's just yeah, because <laughs> uh, there's one moment like in the on the first day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because um, um, those the we had I don't know if presentation is the word but we'd had speakers and then um, three three of us were were given the opportunity to just say our thoughts in yeah. terms of what we've heard <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful because I feel it, in many ways that's kind of it's it's active because someone has spoken and now we want to hear what the room has received you know yeah. it it was it was beautiful but then the conversation that came after that that people that's it was it was so beautiful to watch that people were trying so hard <laughs> to say what it is that they thought and trying to be politically correct yeah. and trying to be to not offend but still be passionate yeah. and just to see these people struggle with these you know with yeah. expressing themselves but not wanting to express themselves too much <laughs> to the point that they might offend another and yeah, it was just it was so beautiful and people were trying to say what it was that they wanted to say but you know <laughs> Uh, trying to filter it as well. Ah, it it was it was beautiful because I just spoke and so I just kind yeah. of sat back. <laughs> I was able to just to listen and just watch. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall on that, and I'd love to see. That's the stuff I'd love to dramatize because I think you you try your best to be PC politically correct, mm. and you try to be polite. But I just love it when sometimes people go. 
right, fuck it. <laughs> Someone says an arsehole, uh, I can't, you know, yeah, it's absolute um, bullshit, you're absolute pricked. Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, people were, yeah. <laughs> and I loved when the filters just finally got thrown away. <laughs> because you could see someone who just, but, but, I'm try, but I'm trying to say, it. and then they just said, ah, oh, I'm just going to say it, you know. And I'm telling you, literally, like, I looked around the room and those people, like, with their jaws kind of, you know. Ah, uh, uh, but it was... It was great to to experience that because, I mean, you forget that that even as artists that we we're not going to get along. It doesn't mean that just yeah. because you're getting a room full of 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 people who want to create work and and create art and and theater that that it means that we're all going to be holding hands and singing hymns or something. You know, <laughs> we're angry at one another. Yeah. We're angry at ourselves. We're angry at the world. We're angry at the funding system. We're angry at. You know what the government is doing to who, to what, and it was beautiful. It, it was great to be reminded that, that that's part of it as well. And one of the, uh, what what we're talking about, like, do you? I'm sure because you know, Mariah, you you go out to functions and mm. you have to, you know, network and do uh, business and, and and what have you. Do you ever get worried of? Because you'd see the sort of the lovey dovey. Oh, thank you very much. Just for the listeners at home, Mariah is performing this wonderful, wonderful tea. <laughs> Masala tea. Masala tea. It's just awesome and strong flavour. Sorry, it's a wonderful tea and I've lost my track. <laughs> oh, oh, like, do you, because I've seen it sometimes, like, at some major RT event, mm. the sort of the lovey-dovey, darling, how are you? You know, the very, very <laughs> physically affectionate and, oh, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just worried that public you know you know perceived that we're all mm, getting along and we're all <laughs> <laughs> hugging and loving one another but you're so right man like the, the networking was one of my that was my whole agenda i think even beyond wanting to hear what other artists were saying i was just like i need to go there and get in contact with people yeah. you know beyond perth and 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 get their email addresses and try and reach out to them and and you know engage with them but you're so right that the public sometimes perceives artists to be, you know, all just kind of, you know, happy with one another and hugging and loving. And, and I don't know. And, and I feel sometimes people play to that as well. You know, that artificiality oh, yes, of, yes. you know, you, you, you ah, but yeah, it's, but it's, it's so hard to know because mm. I can't speak for anyone else. I can't, because yeah. some people I feel are genuinely just like that, mm. you know, and yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to know. <laughs> and I feel like this is the perfect moment where, when I start naming names, of, <laughs> I think I seen myself the other day. I mm. think there are two people, and Mariah would be quite surprised. Who I think, you know Tell what? Me. No, I'm not going to say. <laughs> after maybe. Okay. I feel like there are two people, two artists, mm. um, who are who who appear on the surface to be absolutely nice, wonderful, warm, mm. warm people. But if I stood in their way, mm. like that, they would arrange like a nice little dinner or something. And if mm. I if I opposed to be a threat mm. and to block, there, I, I I could definitely feel these would be the type of people who would whip out a pocket knife and slit my throat in a public restaurant. My goodness! And they'd dispose of me if 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 they saw if I was a threat. Like in terms of of of, of an artist wanting to achieve what. Yeah, what if, it is that they're hoping to achieve, and 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 you ever being in their way, you yeah. just be like, boom, yeah, call a hitman on you. Yeah. Oh, jeez, how I'm gonna segue into this? I think we'll have a moment of silence. <laughs> um. One of the, I think one of the major theatre events that I went and saw this year was mm. the Advisors, with oh. the last great hunt at the studio. Oh, thanks for coming. And the reviews were interesting. I think mm. was it David Zampati. Mm. Or someone else was talking about how the like obviously language, mm. um, obviously movement and physicality were important aspects mm. of the show, but language and words and meaning of words mm. were a massive driving force. And people likened it to you know Beckett, you know Samuel Beckett. Um, I think Endgame mm. was mentioned. I remember reading a review that said that that they need to be watched together. Yeah, or because <laughs> yeah, is a great concept. Was, yeah, was happening at the time. At the time yeah. They're saying that after watching Endgame, you should come and watch The Advisors, which was a I, I, great and idea. I, and I did watch both. Mm. And I really liked How it. did you find that they spoke to one another? 
Did you? Oh, the the, the advisors. In terms of the advisors and oh, and, and game. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I felt with the advisors mm. there was this wonderful feel of the ensemble. There was mm. not one main character. Mm. You're all this sort of Greek chorus mm. of of advice mm. and opinions. The one thing how it relates to Beckett is like like one of the most uh, well. Obviously, the, the the one thing that I I most remember about mm. the production mm. was the um, the A to Z list of uh, derogatory mm. terms, and I found that to be such a powerful, powerful thing. And how was it, Chris Isaacs? Yeah, yeah, that was Chris. Who, mm. who just recited every mm. single racist um, word alphabetically mm. from mm. A to Z, and there was a part of me of thinking, how many? And it was interesting. When it played, I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, mm. to hear to all, hear it said to to hear it said, <laughs> and with no emotion, mm. just to say the words, and then I was also thinking, I'm that one, mm. two, three. I can that <laughs> word fits me. Four. I, was quite, I know this sort of mm. weird thing. Yeah, that word I can. Mm. Yeah. Well, for mm. example, you know, wog. I was like, yep, that's my yep. word. Yep. But then, but also, it also played because this with those words. Yep. I felt I. Had an ownership for particular like Wog. Mm. I had an ownership of that. I mm. know it's an interesting class. Mm. Like, and I felt like you know Chris Isaac. I felt when he says like, "Hang on, you can't say that. Only I can say. It. Only mm. the people of the Mediterranean can say that word." Mm. You know, mm. it's just such such an amazing, yeah, aspect. Oh uh, yeah. So what was it like working with the last great hunt? Incredible man. It's in fact I was I was reminded the other day by Joe Morris that we had actually produced Price Tag this year because in my head I actually thought that we had done it like two years ago because yeah, yeah. it was just it was so invigorating to be every time every time I'm in a room with this um, these beautiful people of the, the last great hunt you just you're so engaged you know that they really when when I'm asked to come on board as an artist that they really want you to bring everything mm. your you yourself as a performer yourself as a writer yourself as as a person from another place as well you know and to bring your voice to the room which i think is so so crucial to to just to diversifying what it is that we watch and see and how it is that we create our shows that i wasn't asked to come, i've never been asked to come on board and been told these are the lines that you're going to say because i've written them for you because i understand you you know, it's you. It's them telling you, "Come on board. We want to hear your your thoughts on this thing that we're creating, and let's do it together." You know, this idea of being pulled into the fold and to be creating and figuring it out together—that all these voices that are so beautifully diverse. You know, in terms of sexuality, in terms of um, uh, gender, in terms of culture, ethnicity. You know, that are trying to figure out our own voices and each other's voices and what it is that we're creating. It's just it was it's it's such a beautiful place to be, man. Because as an artist, every time I've worked with them, I think that's part of the reason why I feel that it's happened so far. Ago, because I put so much into it, yeah. you know, and they ask so much of you as an artist, which is great. I'd hate to be asked to come into a, a place and be asked, no, just give you, just give us your fifty percent. You know, they're like, no, every time you can come into the room, we want your hundred and ten percent. You know, and it's so beautiful. You leave there, you know, like you've 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 left it. You've put everything yeah. on the table. Yeah. Ah, and I can't speak enough about them, man, because every opportunity they've given me is just, it's, it's grown, it's developed me as a writer, as a performer, and as an artist, you know, to believe in, in what it is that we're doing. And I love that the work that they create is not, is not comfortable work, that they really want yes. to, to, to be in the thick of things, you know, whether it's dealing with re, um, the ideas of, of refugees, whether it's dealing with the idea of, of words, you know, this, the idea of advice and how painful and powerful and how damaging words can be you know and the idea of of the um, money and commercialization and mm. of you know um, in price tag just how how much money has become such a an aspect of of how it is that we see one another that you meet someone and you notice the shoes that they're wearing the t-shirts that they're wearing and you're conscious of what that means and what kind of person they might be even before they've spoken anything yeah. you know you already have an idea of where they where where they are in terms of the the spectrum of the, the, you know status. of, yeah, of yeah, class yeah, you know class, yeah. you know and I, I just love that every project that they're putting on is dealing with these things that are murky that are difficult to define that are 
you know sensitive you know and ah and to be asked to come into a room and engage with this with these ideas yeah. and try and figure them out together and not have answers as well because i don't feel that even with price tag or with the advisors that our purpose was to give an audience an answer to say this is how you should engage with money this is how you should you should give advice or this is how you should receive advice it's just an offer you know come and experience this and but you know remind yourself that these these things are part of our lives you know that it's so beautifully complicated to be a human and to be you know to be a part of this of this society man mm. yeah ah goodness I've, i've gone a bit far <laughs> no 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 yes i i i totally agree look i i've wrote look as some people know i come with the sheaves and i've and i'm looking here and, and i've uh, I, i write these questions in sort of a haste and i've got this question and yep. and look i'll ask it i i no I, i don't know i disagree with it but can you see perth mm. as a uh, a player within Australia's art industry but surely it already is mm. i don't i mean i mean we're we're creating work we have we have theater companies that are you know that are putting shows on and giving providing opportunities for you know for for storytellers uh, theater makers to to create what it is that they want to create mm. i feel i think i don't know i mean i mean perth has theaters you know yeah. and it's it's already it's it's doing theaters are doing what theaters do you know yeah. they're putting work out it's it's so hard to know i mean even how do you define what a good theater is how do you define what a successful theater is i mean there's those people that will tell you it's a a theater that creates work that is new that is angry that is speaking about you know current issues and you know unafraid you know and there's others that will tell you it's work it's theater companies that are putting on classics you know and asking us to look back and and reflect and you know and engage with these writers from so many decades ago you know and what it was that they were hoping to achieve it's hard to know what i mean and and who and who gives the tick of approval <laughs> of, of about what a success surely yeah. the audience would but the audience is such a complicated thing as well i mean i don't like as an african when i walk into a theater i'm so conscious sometimes that I don't know I, I don't even know if I sh- if if this something to say. I f- I feel that sometimes that's not my place. Mm. You know, I feel that it's not really it's not made for this was really something that came up at the ATF actually yeah. that the idea of access that even as a as a minority in Australia even the the walking into a theater going to buy a ticket the person who is selling you the ticket doesn't look like you the person who is ushering you into the into the space doesn't look like you the person the people who are performing the space that mm-hmm. some usually don't look like you the story that they're telling usually doesn't doesn't have you in it or doesn't consider you and and sometimes i live there wondering why did i why did i bother you know why have i taken myself to this place that hasn't isn't re- isn't really reaching out to me in terms of saying come and you know come and watch this thing because you know it's for you yeah ah it's so hard man i feel I don't know I, I don't know I don't know if there's one answer to say what a successful theater is yeah. and but I feel Perth is creating creating work and it's it's unfortunate that some theater companies have kind of fallen away and are no longer there but and that there's not as much funding as there was before but I I, I still feel that everyone still invigorated and wanting to create and I don't feel anyone has stagnated yeah mm. Well that's important I think yeah you hit the nail on the head we are still here mm. even though with the, the I don't know they keep banging on about you know the budget deficit oh mm. it's gone quiet now because of the, you know as you said before mm. the citizenship mm. scandal thing you do I think I've said this before but I'll say it again mm. and not and I don't want to poo-poo you know the state theater center because mm. I think you need to uh you need to have grand you I I think in a way you do need the big big buildings mm. and you need that but from where i ca- i don't like it how there's so much gold mm. in the space and definitely when i go to the when i sit to show, not 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 pooing anything or mm. or anyone and i don't want to disrespect anyone but mm. uh, like obviously you know the majority of and hopefully that is going to change and i think it is with the new artistic direction with mm. Claire Watson and mm. how the season of the mm. black swan that's it's i know it's 
It is. A, it is a definitely change, mm. and I think it's slowly going to start as she progresses her artistic directorship. Mm. That the, the seasons are going to evolve more, and yep. hopefully, hopefully, um, there will be a massive change, and maybe mm. they'll do some renovations and remove some bloody gold from mm. the, uh, all that all uh, that glitter. Because oh, you, yeah. you're so right, man. Yeah. I mean, all uh, it just. Uh, I think one of the things that I love about the the Blue Room Theatre yeah. is that w- that my f- one of the first sh- I mean the first show I ever watched in Australia was at the Blue Room, mm. you know, and it's such I love how neutral the Blue Room feels. Yeah, that it's not it's not a place that's that you walk into feeling that you need to be a certain way, that you need to be dressed a certain way, that you need to be. It's not f- trying to press you or I don't know if oppress is the word, but like to kind of shape you. Yeah, and sometimes the. I feel like when you walk into a place that's glittering, that's looking so sterile and looking so um, shined and polished, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh my goodness, you look at yourself, you're like, <laughs> I don't look like the space that I'm in, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you walk into the blue room that's, I'm not saying that the blue room is, is, is not clean and, and polished yeah. or anything, but it's, it's beautifully neutral, yeah. you know? It's, it's a space that's there for you to come in and engage with work, yeah. but the building isn't speaking to you. It's not towering over you and, yes. you know, I'm not conscious of the building. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's exactly what it is that, that I love about the blue. I'm not conscious of yeah. it as a, you know, as this towering giant of a thing that, you know, that's giving me an eye because of the shoes that I've chosen to wear, <laughs> yeah. you know, entering its doors, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, yeah, it's... Well, yeah, it's it's definitely that there's that nice sense of like warm. It is warm, and mm. and like I was sitting so I was, I was telling Mararo before I watched uh, Valentine mm. there on Wednesday night, and I was just so you know when people go up the stairs and yep. you're like in the main bar foyer mm. area, um, you know I was just sitting right inside the bar and I was just seeing the lovely green leather couches mm. and I was just enjoying you know my soda water and mm. I was just relaxed, mm. and it has this nice. And I like it how it is dark. It's not mm. light, and it's it's it is it, it gives beautifully a beautifully moody. Yeah, you know, moody. yeah. The... And you just can relax, and you can hide mm. and enjoy yourself. And then when you go, and the one thing I really really love about the Blue Room Theatre, mm. and this is a pet peeve of mine, yep. I really don't like intervals. Mm. I hate intervals, and I just love watching. <laughs> I just love watching a show from start to finish. Yep. I, I, and that's what I love about the room. You can just watch, you can, and then have drinks afterwards if you mm. wish. You know, and even just these posters that that are on the wall from so many yes. years back, yes. and you're so reminded of how many people have come through its doors, yeah. how many stories have been told in this space, and and the idea that there's so much that you haven't seen. Mm. I love that that you walk in there and you're like, and and you're seeing these posters from a time. I saw there's a poster there from the '90s, man. Mm. I was like, I was, I was like five or four, you know, like '92, yeah. I don't know, '94, and they had posters there of, from these times. And you're just so conscious of how many stories have been told there. Whereas you, if you walk into a place that's, I don't know, ah, that it seems that it knows itself too well. Yeah. Somewhere that's just glittering and just so, I don't know, just. Ah, I don't know. I become so conscious of myself when I'm in a kind of space like that, you know. Yeah. That, but then again, who knows? Maybe the kind of sponsors that they that they receive need it to be like that, yeah. you know. The kind of the people who are able to, mm. you know, to provide funding for that kind of a space need it, need to be able yeah, to see to, where yeah. that yes. where that where their money has 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 it's been gone. spent. Because I don't know if they'd want to walk in <laughs> and find a space looking. Too neutral, you know. Where's the gold? Where's the glitter? Where's where's the carpeting? You know, looking like this. So maybe I can understand it. Yeah, maybe I can understand it on that level. Yeah. But having said that, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if you if you're able to to watch Piaf's last season. They had this South African performer called Gregory Makoma, who did a dance a, a dance theater piece that was just it needed to be in that space. Yeah. Because it was speaking to it yeah. and it was aware of it. And to see this black body on a space that's so colonial and so, yeah. you know, that's so, you know, that's just of a certain time, you know. Ah, it was just, it, it, in a way, I could kind of, I, I could see when these worlds were speaking yeah. to each other, you know, mm. this black body in a space that's just so Eurocentric, yes. you know. It was yeah. I think I don't think that work would have worked in a place in a place that was neutral, mm. you know, because it 
ah it, uh, I, w- I watched it twice this yeah. show man it was so so beautiful there's actually I'm, I'm really looking forward to the now it's called the Perth Festival mm. um, I'm really looking forward to uh, is it the Barbershop Chronicles the Barbershop Chronicles mm, um, same I'm really looking forward to I need to, to get that. myself a ticket um, also I'm interested in Nassim mm. also there's this work people should go is it the Canadian no there's this lady from New South it's a performance so she's going to be performing for 24 hours ah yes um, and she's performing this movie scene over and over yes, again yes I put my hand up for that yeah you? and you can and, and, and the thing oh, they I had applications for yeah <laughs> for male performers to come in and did you hear anything back from them? not yet actually uh, I, was, I was like <laughs> <laughs> surely they're busy but it's such a great premise yes. though I don't care if I if I do it or not. I, I'd definitely I'd, I'd watch like a couple of hours mm. of it because for her to perform for twenty twenty four hours, my goodness. But, but but no, that's what I don't understand. Wow. What no break? There's no. Mm. Holy shit! Uh, that's intense. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful, man. What is the quality that an artist should aim for? Um, a quality to have as an artist, or quality in terms of the work that they're putting. Goodness, I think. I've, I've I just went up my nose. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, do you mean a quality in terms of the work that they're putting or a quality that an artist should have an in themselves? An artist should have in themselves. Well, um, I don't know if humility and... Ah, it's so hard because like, we come in so many shapes and sizes, artists, yeah. you know, and one person, one person, I mean, s- some people prefer working from a place of anger and there's those that want to work from a place of almost scientific, you know, that they've done the research they know what it is that they're saying. They have their, their facts and their figures. And now they just need to translate it into a story. And there's others that just kind of created as they're going. Like, uh, you know that, that improvisation workshop that we did mm. with Humphrey Bow and Andrew Morish, yes. Morish? And that as well, that's another thing in itself. You know, a, a work that's creating itself as you're watching it. Mm. You know, a work that, what kind of quality do you need for that? I mean, yeah. how, what, what kind of an artist goes in uncertain, you know, uncertain and just trusting themselves that it'll come it'll come once i'm in front of a stage and there's eyes on me and the lights have gone a certain way and there's silence something will be made Mm. you know how what what kind of quality what kind of quality does that artist have as opposed to the poet as opposed to the dancer ah it's so hard but for myself i I feel like i only speak for myself I, i try i try to be as as humble and as as i can because I find myself always asking myself why, what right have I to speak for others? You know, what right have I to write female characters? What right have I to write indigenous characters? What right have I to write African characters even? Because even the idea of being an African is not one thing. Mm. You know, there's black Africans, there's Indian Africans, there's white Africans. You know, it's a complicated history. You know, it's not as though, you know, I can say that I'm an, I'm an African and, that, and that's, it's something that I don't quite understand so yeah, I try I try to be as humble as I can and, and always question myself in terms of, you know, what what right do I have to be, you know, to be creating characters from a place that isn't my own, you know. But that's I think that's the beauty of being an artist, man, because I find that I'm learning about myself through doing that, you know. That I ask myself, why is it that your female characters are saying this? What does that say to you? What is that saying about you as a man? You know, why is it that your male characters are saying these? Um, what, what, is that, what is that saying to me, about me as a, I don't know, a, a, a black writer? You know, why is it that your, your stories are leaning towards, you know, history? And what does that say about w- what it is that I think about my history? And I find it so therapeutic in many ways, man. And I hate it and I love it as well because it's so, it reveals aspects about myself that I'm not so proud of sometimes, you know, that you forget that even though, I want a future where, you know, a woman can do anything that, you know, that, that she wishes to do and that her sexuality, um, her, her gender should never hold her back, mm-hmm. you know, that I can still see, oh, but why is it then that you're writing a woman that isn't really doing that? You know, can you, uh, I mean, can you, you know, wake yourself up and, you know, re-engage with, with, you know, with your character? You know, you're saying one thing but doing another. You know, why is it that you're, ah, yeah, like, dealing with sexuality in this way, you know, in your work. And it just, it's, I, I, it's always challenging me to, you know, to be conscious because I think it's so well, it's so easy to say I'm a feminist as a, 
I can only speak for myself. It's, I yeah. think it's easy for me to say that I'm a feminist. It's easy for me to say that I, you know, that I champion um, um, gay rights or that I am against borders or against, you know, incarceration for refugees. I feel uh, this, like, these ideas are just kind of, you can say them, but in terms of how you're dealing with them, it's not, I, I don't feel that we change overnight, man, you know, mm. but to be reminded every every day when you're creating something that there's still things within you that you need to work on, you know, that, I don't know. Yeah, goodness, that's gone a bit far away no, from. No, no. <laughs> in, in your opinion, what's a, a, a key for performance? A key for performance? Yeah. As an audience member or as a performer? Yeah, well, kind of both. Mm. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's really, I should ask, why, yeah, maybe I should say, why, why do you watch theatre? When I watch it with my artist hat, it makes me want to create because I go and watch a show and I say, ah, that's how they've, that's how it, how it is that this artist has chosen to deal with these ideas. Like, but how would I do it? You know, I, I'd go back home and, you know, and that those ideas are still in my head and I'd want to answer them back, to respond to what I've watched, you know, and I feel even whatever it is that I'm creating is influenced by what I'm seeing, you know, yeah. that you go and watch something and say, ah, this is how they've chosen to, to engage with you know, this, that, or the other. And uh, yeah, it just, I, I think it, you look at your own work and you're asking yourself, oh, um, is it reflecting that? Or is it running away from that? Or is it, you know, reacting to that or responding to it? So as an artist, I love watching work to, to respond to it and to be affected by it. But it's, it's difficult because just to come, I, I hate to keep coming back to this, but when I don't see myself in the work, when I don't see my story in that story, it disappoints me sometimes, but it also challenges me to just say, okay, then you go and make the, your, you know, go and create your story then. If you're not seeing it, you know, stop, you know, pointing fingers and, and putting people down for not doing it. Just go and do it yourself. Yeah. You know, and yeah, as a, and as an audience member, when I'm not wearing my artist hat, when I'm watching work, I love being conflicted. Yeah. I love when I watch something that, that leaves me doubting, that leaves me questioning myself. And apart, in fact, I wish in a way that, I was able to watch the advisors without being in it because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, I would love to have experienced that, you know, to be, to be put in a place where I'm challenged and I'm, and I'm being asked to figure it out for myself. You know, I love being like one of my favorite film directors is, oh goodness, what's his name? Oh, it escaped me. Okay. My first African one is this guy called Abrahamin Sisako from Mali. And he's just one of these, he, he just, he really... Ah, I don't. I don't know if leaves leaves you hanging. Ah, that, ah, my, and and Michael Haneke as well. Mm. Like both of them, just kind of really leave you hanging in a way that that they they take you on a journey, but they also want you to, you know, to live in that world that you've you know that you've just watched. But you know, don't ah. What what am I trying to say? That that, that they're not going to give you you know an answer that says yes. this is what that I'm trying to say. This is what you should take away from it. You know. That you leave wondering, what have I just watched and why have I watched it and what does it mean? Mm. But it's hard, man. I mean, because at the end of the day, you don't know what the intentions of, of a show was. I mean, even though the trailer or the, the advert might, can tell you, give you an idea of, you know, what they're hoping, you know, to put forward. But, yeah, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We're sort we of come, we're, we're coming we're slowly coming, but um, um, they're slowly because time, because oh my goodness, time, time. Um, Sorry, there. No, no, no. I keep waffling. No, that is why I'm here. Are there any concerns with WA's art industry as time goes on? I have. Well, any concerns? Um, I don't really know, man. Because, like, I don't feel that I'm hindered as an artist to create. I don't feel that really that there's anything in my way really because i feel that if if i want to create something bad enough i can do it mm. you know i don't i've so I, like i don't know like a part of me doesn't want to say that as well because i know there's a lot of people that are saying that you know that more money could be put into it and of course that's always a good thing if, if there's more funding so that people can be paid well and and be able to sustain themselves as artists yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel that there's any barriers. I mean, as as a performer, I mean, I'd love more roles, but I'm just going to create them if I don't have them, you know. So, mm. like, I've I've really come to a point at the moment where I'm just saying, 
you know stop stressing out that you know people are not giving you opportunities and i've been i mean i'm, I'm i've been so blessed to work with the last great hand twice man and mm. it's just i've learned so much from them and one of the things is that you know just do it just get your work done you know mm. just commit to it and yeah i'm pretty certain that next year i'll be putting on some yeah african canon work yeah. and that's something that i'm i feel that i have to do you know yeah. i have to to just kind of reach into into that world again yeah. and you know like rejuvenate myself and yeah and just and just put it there cuz i'm not seeing it yeah. you know i'm not i just watching ah i keep coming back to that to that south african um, performer gregory makoma yeah. seeing him on stage doing his thing you know telling his story so with so much pride and so much and conflicted as well because i feel he's conscious as well that he's performing to a mainly white audience as well yeah. you know in a mainly white space you know and ah it's just it's such a reminder that you know how how many stories there are that are not being told yeah. you know i i feel i feel that whatever barriers that may be there for other artists in wa well i can't speak for them but i can only say that it's i'm not letting anything get in my way in terms of you know putting work on that mm-hmm. i'm just going to keep putting applications if those applications are unaccepted i'll just find another space to do them whether it's finding a cafe and you know putting shows on in in cafes or something or okay. or in museum spaces or you know or the idea that you know ho- a home open the thing that um yes yes um, the cutting room yes floor. the cutting room floor does that kind of but just you know to open up you know the your yeah your your idea of what performance is you know they doesn't have to be in a in a theater it doesn't have to be in a yeah but i don't i really don't feel hindered at all if anything I'm my own hindrance you know it's mm. it's me not being certain enough of what it is that I'm doing that's stopping myself that I'm I'm letting doubt get in the way and you know stopping myself with questions of why are you doing it you know and just just get it done you know if yeah. if it's wrong and people don't like it that's fine you'll move on nobody will assassinate you <laughs> for creating a bad show you know <laughs> it's fine if people don't like it if people didn't enjoy it or didn't understand it you know you're growing as an artist yeah. you know i can't speak for other artists though so yeah. I, i know there's a lot of people that are complaining about where wa should be but what um What are your thoughts about wh- whether wh- where the industry could be <laughs> um where the industry could be and should be and where it is at the moment as we sort of touched on this before like I I wish the one of the things we need to have like the perfect company mm. we need to have I think in my opinion and mm. I'm speaking to people mm. you know either uh, or privately or or mm. in this perfect chronicles capacity mm. I really feel like there needs to be this uh there needs to be I feel like there needs to be two medium-sized companies mm. because i think one of the things i don't know if this is like a weird theory or anything mm. but i believe there's there's i think you can be financially successful yep. in perth wa to yep. put on a show right mm. and there's like a natural stepping stone mm. for example so one you mm. should, if you want to put on a show on, you should uh, study the bpa course at wapa mm. because from there uh, at the end of the year you get a spot until mm. which is at the blue mm. theater And if that does well, you you do it for fringe. Mm. And if that fringe does well, you go to the Blue Room mm. Theatre Company. And yep. if that does well, you know, the old days yep. it'd go you to could the progress it to the yep. And if that go well, well, you might have an option to either go in the main space Pico or tour. Or, yep. Ah, yep, yep, yep. And I feel and like there's a natural progression. Mm. Yeah, there's a natural progression. Mm. And I know you might be mm. working on the same show for like I don't know maybe like 5 or 6 years mm. but hey at least it's working it's performing and not digging a dish a ditches mm. but I really feel like they need we're, we're missing a stone mm. and that's that the, the perfect company medium size between between blue room and black like the state, and, yeah, black and, swan and black swan like I, was, I hear you mm. like talking to Humphrey Bauer about mm. this and he says the same thing mm. to the cuz in the previous chapter with Humphrey Bauer he was mm. saying Black if you think about Black Swan State Theatre Company's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Mm. They they're trying to do their main stage shows at the Heath Ledger Theatre mm. and also they've got the Studio Underground and they mm. and they and they've got so much on the mm. play, you know. Where the Perth Theatre Company, you know, mm. as you know, was mm. at the uh, at the Studio Underground mm. and it did the medium stuff. And then it was weird because the the Perth Theatre Company and the Black Swan State Theatre Company they had this weird fight of using the Heath Ledger Theatre Company uh, mm. the Heath Ledger Theatre mm. and this is an interesting discussion because in uh, two chapters with uh, uh, when I was chatting with uh, Duncan Ord who's the yep. director general of the Department of Culture and the Arts yep. and he was saying about you notice when the the Perth Theatre Company had trouble 
because basically they folded, they were putting a lot of investment on their last production, which was oh. Mice of Men mm. with Jai Courtney, mm. big star. I actually auditioned for that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, did you? Uh, I I was called in for uh, for the um to come in a second time yeah, yeah. to um for the what's his name <laughs> the character the African American uh, the the field hand ah oh. ah my head ah oh, my goodness ah oh, I've forgotten his name yeah but anyway yeah oh, wow that's just so I was ah uh, man I was so it was so disappointing to hear that that fell through man because I yeah. would have loved even if I wasn't going to be a part of it I would have loved to watch that man. Absolutely. Mm. And that would have been great because in a way it's sort of like independent theatre taking, well not really, it's doing like a well-established play, mm. but like, you know, the Perth Theatre Company. But yeah, yeah, so yeah, Duncan all talking about mm. that and yeah, and then that sort of collapsed because, mm. and it's funny, Duncan all should say one of the spaces that's neglected is, the, you know, the Subiaco Arts Centre. Yeah, yeah, goodness, it's so much more empty. could be, yeah. And he's saying, Perth Theatre Company, you need to be in Subiaco. Mm. I know you're called Perth, but you should be in Subiaco mm. because that space isn't really getting used. Yeah. A part of me wonders if if the reason why the Subiaco isn't used so much that it's just the distance that, that an audience isn't committed to. But then again, you ask yourself, how there's, there's shows there that sell out, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, but my goodness, I'd love to put a show on there, man, because yeah. it's such a beautiful space, man. It's such a beautiful space. And I love how it's kind of in between the Blue Room and Black Swan. Mm. You know, it's not, yeah. it's half art gallery, half theater space, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's not towering over you no. either, you know. And uh, my goodness, I think you've just given me a thought now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hopefully, yeah. well, as one of the rumors that I keep hearing on the, on the vi- grapevine from various people is like, oh, you know, a company's going to happen in Subiaco. Mm. Oh yeah, there's there's someone. Mm. <laughs> someone don't worry, so, someone's going to move in there and you know reactivate wow. the space because because isn't Uriakin yeah, based there as well? Mm. I think they yes they've got but that's it. And they put on some beautiful yes. work. Did you get to watch the um, the no. soldier? Oh, ah, that was so no. so beautiful, man. I went and watched it twice. Yeah. My goodness, so so moving, man. Yeah, the work that Phil Thompson is doing with. With Orca Dance is yeah. so incredible, man. Because that's another, see, that's another interesting mm. company, Orca Dance, mm. which is in a way it's like Glass Great Hunt, the sort of medium-sized, mm. got a reputation, mm. and you've got wonderful people working there. Mm. Yeah, so that's hopefully. I, I believe this microphone's magical, so hopefully, a medium size. That's what I want mm. a company we'll just create. to uh, prop up. But luckily, mm. my phone just rang, and we are out of time. But before we go, my yep. very last question, Mararo. So, as you might be aware, the sort of catch with this series mm. is that in the year 2027, I will be coming back and interviewing and yep. catching up on everyone and see how they are. Ten years. Ten Whoa, years. Oh, goodness. Uh, it's, it's a long time. So, I'll have been in Australia for 20 years when you next come. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look forward to it, man. Um, so mm. with that in mind, yep. in the year, in mm. the year 2027, mm. Marara, mm. what would you like to plug? To plug? Yeah. You have to unpack plug like, for like, me. Like promote. Mm. Ah. Where, where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Man, in 10 years' time, I'd love to be making films and making theatre yeah. and directing as well because that's really something that I'm... That I'm starting to find that I have a big interest in that as well. That I enjoy being a performer, I enjoy being a writer, but I also want to learn how to be able to understand artists from a director's perspective and be able to f- champion another person's work and be able to help their voice come through and help them create what it is that they're, you know, that they have, that they're hoping to to create. And I feel that there's so many beautiful directors in Perth that that I can learn from as well that yeah. that and it's a resource that I have to you know that I have to just kind of to use you know that if I'm if I'm not if I'm not performing if I'm not getting performing work if I'm if my writing isn't being put on stage then you know just start learning how to to build an, an, another muscle you know as a director and there's a lot of people to learn from man. and yeah. that's I think 10 years from now I'll hopefully be wearing all of those three hats a filmmaker <laughs> um, a, a theater maker yeah. and a director as well Absolutely. That's where I want to be, man. And definitely 
teaching because I feel that a big part of of being an artist is I feel one being humble for and I'm only speaking for myself is being humble and I feel you also need to be a teacher you need to be conscious that there's others that will come after you and to be able to give to them what it is that you have learned what it is that you have struggled with and to help them you know lift them through because I don't know just coming back to to what to what theater is and why it is that we make it I feel that sometimes what who it is that I'm writing for I'm not so sure if that's who I want to be writing for sometimes because I come so conscious of how the kind of audiences that come to theater are not, are not me mm. you know and I want to reach out beyond theater for that reason to go to schools that are you know that have big diversity to go you know to go to um uh, detention centers to go to places that where there's not that many voices you know and help them either tell their story or be able to speak with rather than to them and create work for them you know i think that's really something that i'm that i'm that i'd love to be moving towards because i don't know it's a strange thing man i write and then i look up and i say but who is going to watch this you know you're writing yeah, as yeah. a kenyan in australia for for you know for um and uh, quite a white audience you know i find and, and i'm reminded of that sometimes and it's just yeah it's challenging and yeah how what to do with it you know sit and complain or just do something else you know take that energy and use it in something in something else that will develop me Well, thank you very much, Marara. Thank you so much for having me.